0: I'm your host Ryan and we're doing something a little special today. So why is this labeled 9.5 even though more chapters have been released? Uh, <laughs> it's because I'm late. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I made a promise early on um, that at some point we would bring on a special guest in between to get their thoughts as we continue. So we're starting that. So there'll be a couple of these, probably three or four, where we'll have a 0.5 episode. So if you are listening to this now, starting from the beginning, you would listen to this after you finish the chapter nine episode. That makes sense. If you're past that point, and this is just for fun, this is extra stuff. You don't need this because nothing of value will be added. (laughs) So if you skip this, you know, whatever. (laughs) And if you're here, I'll see you in the next chapters. But without further ado, I want to introduce my guest for
1: today. You know him, Mister Steal Your Wife. Who none of them are safe. Hatch. <laughs> oh man, yeah, what a disappointment for the listeners. It's just me. <laughs> it's just, you know, who who could have guessed? Who, Who'd have thunk it? Could you imagine someone try to like guess something random and just got it wrong? Like. Ah! This is this is a real reason why we don't like, live stream anything because then it's like the chat would just be like, is it Necrit? <laughs> is it a jackal? It's a jackal. Jackal? Jackal? Jackal. jackal? jackal? If was jackal. it wasn't a jackal the first time, why the hell would it be the next?
0: <laughs> so I brought Hetch on because obviously we've been going through the book club stuff and I wanted to get his thoughts. He's been listening along and I want to get his thoughts at these junctures because, you know, when we do our story episodes, we always talk about story best told in three parts. And would you looky here, uh, this story is written in three parts, which works perfectly. So every part will bring him in, give his thoughts, ask him some questions that he's not ready for. And we'll go from there. It'll be a short one, be like 10 yeah. minutes.
1: Uh the so. fact that this is written in three parts too just really shows that we we do not get enough credit. Yeah. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you know, something casual should be written on the book cover somewhere. You know, just, <laughs> that's just me. That's just me.
0: <laughs> uh, but something that's going to be in this episode as well is housekeeping. We'll do it quickly. You can listen to us everywhere. Contact us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com. CORE.com for all of our info. Remember, that's C-O-R. Follow us on any platform that you prefer, and then leave a like and a comment on that platform. We appreciate it, but the easiest way is word of mouth. Uh, So tell a friend to talk to a friend in book club. Hey. hey. Yay. All right. So (laughs) what'd you think? I'm just joking. How prepared were you (laughs) for mommy military callista
1: <laughs> you already know the answer it was not nearly prepared enough <laughs>
0: great right
1: i've already commissioned fan art i that i will (laughs) hang proudly on my wall um i mean like you you actually made the comment i think like in the first like the the first episode uh so like zero through three uh like i think you made the comment that it's like this makes you like Callista better yeah um which is just entirely true because like she is like the the part that brings it all down to earth right yeah. like she's that character and you you know we we already did our lore episode with Callista so we know how the spirit Callista came to be mm-hmm. um so it is super refreshing how much detail we're getting of what she was like before the Callista we know yeah. because it really like it hammers in, it hammers home just like that visceral like desire for vengeance, right? Yeah. Because Callista's Callista's great. She's, she's a, amazing. She's just a good human being, and she doesn't deserve to be the spirit of wrath that she's become. <laughs> and I'd be pissed too.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's actually a great point you bring up. Is you know we know them as the vengeful spirits post ruination. And to see the humanity of them makes you feel even more for their ultimate uh end. Well, end, quote unquote, right? Right. And yeah, I was surprised then, and it's even reinforced at this point where we are in the book now, um, of Callista's character because she is flawed, she is a trust fund kid, but you can see the change in her, like. Her, her natural change in questioning the environment around her but also as she continues her adventure because she's also young um right watching the environment around her reinforce her suspicions about her heritage
1: yeah right. i like I, I and i like that you reinforce that she's young at this point mm-hmm. cuz like it um like it, it was only like brought up once as far as like listening along uh but the fact that you know she is so young and that as far as like the family lineage, Diego is it like is her senior, like, but not just in position, but also in age. And then like, but she's still the big sister to yeah. little bro as far as like the relationship dynamic. Um, so it's like it, it makes sense that you, she. Oh, wait, wait,
0: sorry. Swap, right? Because he's younger, but he's her uncle.
1: Oh, oh! It it is swapped.
0: Okay. Okay. So I thought he's younger than her. Okay. Because I thought they technically raised him, but he's her uncle because of
1: sex. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I thought, (laughs) I thought that like she was younger than him. No, 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 Um, dude! I mix it up
0: all the time too because it is something that they don't touch on much.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's still still, kind of your point still holds. Yeah, because like she's still like she's too young to be raising someone exactly. But also the fact that she has to be like the moral compass to the leader of this nation that she's also not really on board with everything that the nation's doing that forces someone to grow up really fast uh so of course like that that speed that she has to grow up because of the nature of her circumstance is what makes her flawed like it it totally makes sense it's good but um like before so your, i like yeah. deep dive on yeah. new best best mama. Um <laughs> the like the other the character I was most surprised that I was really enjoying listening about was Hecarim. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like the knowing that Hecarim and uh Callista were actually betrothed, um, and then like seeing that dynamic where it really was like the arranged marriage royal bullcrap. Yeah. Um like seeing that dynamic and seeing how Hecarim acted within the political turmoil uh, within these first chapters was way more in depth than I was go, like the Hecarim we know doesn't think right. Like he's, I would not have put like they, someone with a head on their shoulders yeah. to do this, which of course, like you can already get the vibe that like, as far as in these first chapters is like, uh, like, uh, I don't know how, how deep like we're jumping ahead, but like when we get to Laedros after his promotion, yeah, um, like like seeing Hecarim in that, it's like it's like yeah, you get to see like a lot of character there, and he does have a head on his shoulders, despite the fact that he's using it just for his own personal gain. Yeah, right? he's a, like he's
0: a, he's like a establishment Democrat, yeah, <laughs> yeah. where that, you know very moderate. Not trying to shake up the order, but able to appeal to the populist side of things so that he's likable, um, even though Callista, and that, that, that clashes with Callista's nature, because obviously she's on the more progressive side of thinking. And mm-hmm. that means, inherently, she's not falling for heckrum like the other girls right she's not like the other girls right who are swooning at his feet as oh he's so popular he's a great warrior he's a great politician it's like yeah but if with him in a position of power nothing's going to change
1: yeah, where it's we're gonna it's gonna be the same crap, different toilet. Yeah. Uh, and then on that note, like it, it's also a clash of personalities because Callista very much wears her heart on her sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I was not really anticipating, like to learn more about Hecarim, is how well he could kind of hide like his true intentions and emotions. I mean, obviously as a readers, we don't we don't really get to see like how well it's done because. Yeah, you know, one, it's a prequel, so mm-hmm. we know what happens. And then two, uh, we also get a bit more behind uh what's going on. So it's a lot harder to fool a reader in that sense, but even then it's like he still is putting his mask on when he needs to put it on, right? Yeah. Like he he knows how to put on a face, and I wasn't really expecting Hecarim to be like that. I was expecting Hecarim to be, you know, just uh, the the jock of the court, yeah. of like, yeah, no, get me my lance. We're going to war. All right. Done. Easy. Full stop. (laughs) So at this point, which one would you say is your favorite character? Is it Callista or Hecram? In these these first chapters? Um well, I mean, as far as like the favorite character, it would probably still have to be Callista. Um because like there's Understandable. Uh, I mean, we just get more Callista, right? Yeah. Because a lot of this is more from her perspective. Um, I I could just throw the biggest curveball and be like, Ulrich's my favorite. <laughs> um, because man, like talking about like getting all this depth of character and figuring out what they were like before the spirits they became. Uh, Ehrlich Grail, you know, Ehrlich Grail is 100% not in that category, <laughs> like he's, yeah. it's like, oh no, no, he was, um, he was like his venging spirit long before his venging spirit became th- th- that yeah, way. Yeah, I think
0: I mentioned it, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on that episode, but if, for our listeners, if you've ever read the book, uh, The Blade Itself, um, or that series of, trilo- it's like two trilogies of books, uh, there is a torturer character in there that is basically like um, yeah, don't know if there's inspiration considering this book coming out well after that one. Um, it's by Joel a- Joe Abercrombie, by the way. If you want to look it up, uh, it's a great series. I recommend it. Uh, but you have your Ehrlich in that series as well, and these these types of characters are always fun to mix things up.
1: Yeah, and and I do like that they went that the writer did go in this direction with Ehrlich because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it you you can't have everybody you know being human. Yeah. And like you gotta to have get scum, to baby. the point, to get to the point where the ruination happens, somebody needs to be evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, boy, what a better character! <laughs> is there a better character than Ulrich to play this role? I don't think uh, so. Ulric is, a, and by the
0: way, for at this point, you guys should know it's Thresh. I, I wink, wink, th- nah, nah. <laughs> nod, nod. I, I even think I mentioned it, so that's not a spoiler. Um, yeah. But. Nah, he's great, and the way we get so little of him works in his favor in this first part.
1: Oh, it's so good
0: uh, because you know this is only the beginning of where he has to get to before we get the you know demonic demon.
1: Yeah. like not to mention that like the like the lack of information just lets your imagination try to fill in the gaps. Yeah, because uh, like we have like the um, like the first time you see him is in the prologue. And then like the next time you brought him up, it was a 15 year gap. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and, and you mentioned that it's like, you know, he's locked in catacombs and you know, going stir crazy, which we see that in mental health patients all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, sure, but 15 years, there a lot can happen in 15 years that's more than just I haven't seen the sun.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the, the, I mean, people and, in solitary confinement for a month show
1: signs of degradation in real yeah. life, right? Right, and so it's like it's like yeah, like it, it lets my imagination just start running wild of what happened to him in these fifteen oh boy. years. Okay,
0: and so favorite plot element, like what what in this first part stood out to you as far as just the way things were set up that was so well done, and that kind of crosses over with like favorite scene, favorite plot element. Uh,
1: my favorite plot element, hands down, is Ladros as a character mm-hmm. and Ladros's effect on just like Callista and the overall political scheme that Viego's building. Yeah. Um, Because like, you know, talking about like these characters and how much I'm enjoying getting to see them from another side, Viego's not on that list. Like Viego is exactly what he was advertised as <laughs> viego i feel like there's sometimes that like you mentioned like things that he says and it's like i feel like he just grabbed that straight out of the biography for yeah. for viego which is totally fine yeah. because what you don't need to do more with viego right he's this is the reason why all this is happening um so like having Ledros being in there like you know getting to learn more about him the humble st- giant yeah like instead of just being the giant that tortured me on ladder forever um <laughs> tortured us we were in tortured, it together uh, we we all <laughs> suffered um but like so like getting and like getting to see a different side of callista mm-hmm. when around ladros uh because like even though i'm enjoying callista's character like you can't you can't take everything that she says without that grain of salt, because yeah. she still is royalty. Um, and Ladros, at the very least, is not royalty, and uh, like he just kind of serves as that um, kind of like the ruler that shows you. Yeah, no, the, she's up to code. Like yeah. she's not full of shit. Yeah, and so like Ladros is easily like my favorite element of that. I was n- very surprised, like. I, to me, I was very surprised that Ladros would be like, oh, uh, like once he got his promotion, then he's like, "Yo, Callista, I'm in love with you." Yeah, um, like that w- was actually surprising. So he ate to me up because- the rom com scene. Uh, yeah, it was, you're all about uh, it. Okay. Oh yeah, I I, Same. I I actually really liked it because like it because like Callista's uh, character was completely different in that, which kind yep. of shows that it's like they are kindred spirits. They do really like each other. So um, like, it was I it think was the, the
0: first time we got to see her come out of the military royal army mindset or not mindset but um how she carried herself because she she's always around yeah. these you know warrior men so she tries to be hard stoic and at yeah. that point it was like oh you're a damsel <laughs> she's just you're...
1: yeah she's just a young girl yeah she's, she's just, just a, a young, young girl. girl and and Laidress is the only in person her tummy. yeah uh, Ladris was the only person that got her to act like a mm-hmm. young girl, right? Like, and even so, him. I like that.
0: To see, because he is a, he has a soft touch in general. He's a kind guy. And even in that moment, he becomes even more softer. He just goes pure teddy bear mode. Um, so to see those two enjoying each other in a moment where she's about to leave, right? And she just got married to his rival, quote unquote, Um, Who he has no hope and he's aware has no hope of competing with in the current economic setup or uh, social social political setup. He has no chance and accepting
1: that it's it's a good scene, man. It's a very good scene. I think like the only weak part of that scene is, again, um, prequel thing. Um, And because I... Mm. Like, I do agree with a point that you made while listening to it Um, w- when you were recording. You made a point that, like, Rogue One is a great movie. Like, yeah. you can, like, the whole prequel effect, you can still have a good story regardless of the fact that you know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, But for me, the rom-com element doesn't work with the prequel thing because it's like, part. one of the good things about a rom-com is the question of will they or won't they. Yeah. And we uh, we already know the answer of will they or? Will or they. <laughs> do we? Oh, ooh uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, you dirty man! Tune <laughs> in for more episodes. <laughs> so, hey! We can't
0: we can't. As far as the story stuff, I think you've kind of. I'm happy everything is hitting for you like it did for me when I record those episodes, and we can't not talk about the author because Anthony Reynolds is a part of the main writing team for the MMO. He's going to play a big part in it. And these books we get leading up to it are also going to play a part. So how is he
1: doing? What do you I, I mean, I I'm already really enjoying it. Um uh like this is kind of a spoiler to the listeners out there uh for future episodes to come, but I got yelled at because I finished these first three episodes really fast. <laughs> And then it was like, no, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, we gotta do it. We gotta do it in time because, um, <laughs> uh, like, just even listening to these, like, the book club episodes is really enjoyable. Um, I Thanks, man. and I have already like kind of set aside so that I can like buy the book myself and read it. Okay. So, um, but obviously I'm gonna wait until we're done recording since I I gotta play in the shadows yeah. for right now. Yeah. Um, so I think he's doing a great job, but he's also like Anthony's really shown that he can pull out the humanity of specifically league of legends characters. I think, right? Like the, um, like I can feel like I've met people that act like Callista. I feel like I've met people who act like Hecarim in real life. And that is one of the most beautiful things that you can do with the world that people already love is be able to bring these characters to life. And, if he can do that with a book, imagine what he can do given a much larger canvas like an MMO. And dear Lord, I want to know every side quest that that man writes. And those are the ones I'm going to make a beeline for. because <laughs> it, It's good. Like, it's just good. Um, uh, so I I think he's doing a great job. I can't wait to listen to the next episodes and get the damn book myself and read it. Uh, So, you know, we got to record these fast, dude. (laughs) I'm
0: trying, all right? I'm trying.
1: (laughs) Uh, So to wrap
0: this up, and by the way, I know at the beginning I said, hey, this will be like 10 minutes. I lied. Uh, I tend to do that from time to time, especially when it comes to timings. What? You and I go over time? (laughs) Well, we're going to wrap wrap this this up with, at the beginning of every chapter or part, actually, there's a quote that kind of... sums up what you're getting into, but you don't know that yet because it's at the beginning of the part. So for part one, I want you to tell me how true was this quote, uh, because you don't know who this is. How different the world might have been had that blade found its mark from Sentinel Artificer, Jendakaya. Oh.
1: What does that mean to you? (laughs) Oh, that's a heartbreaking quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, how different would the world have been if Diego got hit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, for one, we'd have the Blessed Isles yeah. instead of the Shadow Isles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just spitballing here. That's one thing. <laughs> that's good enough. That's good enough. So
0: <laughs> for y'all who, hanged out, who hung out to, with us today, hanged out. <laughs> fucking south <solid>. um <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening and as always uh, we'll be back
1: soon with the next
0: book episode uh, yeah. Etch, i don't have to say it for you this time i,
1: I know i'll steal it from you this time take care everybody <laughs>